You're listening to the Coffee and Clergy Podcast. I'm Pastor Scott, and we're glad that you're joining us today. You can watch us live on YouTube or Facebook on Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m. Central. And you can always give us a listen on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Without further ado, grab a cup of joe, find a comfy chair, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to Coffee and Clergy. I'm Pastor Scott Pitch. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, Once more, this will be Wednesday morning by the time you guys are hearing this, but we're here Tuesday uh, late late afternoon, early evening. Uh, I got a guest here. Hayden Hagstrom is here with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming in and sharing with us. Yeah, we're excited to hear about Gen uh, Gen Z today. I almost made you a lot older than you are. Generation Z today, um, which are are, uh, individuals, I guess, uh, make sure I got the right dates that I have here, individuals that were born between uh, 1999 and 2019, so that fits you, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And so um, we're excited to hear about this generation. This will be the last generation we we have an interview uh, with, and so we're excited for uh, our conversation tonight. We have a, a slightly younger generation in Gen Alpha, but uh, I don't know if we will have any uh, representatives from that generation that talk. But um, I'm I'm interested in hearing from Hayden tonight because this is the generation that makes me feel old, uh, Generation Z, um, who's here. Um, so let's go ahead and open with a prayer before we dig into our discussion tonight, and uh, let's go before our Lord. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this time and this uh, evening and the conversation that's ahead of us. Uh, I pray that you would bless this this uh, conversation that um, we might hear your your desires for your people, young and old alike. Uh, I pray that you would uh, guard and keep the hearts and minds of those who are joining us and listening in. Uh, we know, God, that you are a God of all generations, that you love young and old, that you have a purpose and a plan within your church for uh, young and old, for people of all different backgrounds and all different uh, ages and and different uh, mentalities. And so I give thanks to you uh, for being a God for everyone, a God who loves everyone, a God who sent his son to die for everyone. And so we pray it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. All right. So I guess before we get into our conversation, let's just go over sort of where we're coming from with this. Um, this this study on uh, from generation to generation has really been centered around the idea of the mission of King of Kings. And really, it's the mission of the church at large, right? Um, we, we like to focus on, here at King of Kings, the mission of sharing the heart of the King. And so those come in three ways, connecting growing and sharing. And so we have a very uh, potent, I think, and a very really uh, good mission here that we're trying to accomplish, one that's in alignment with God's plan and his purpose uh, as well. And so the best way to do that is to realize that this mission is not just a mission for the pastors at King of Kings. It's not just a mission for the elders of our congregation. It's a, a purpose and a mission for um, everyone cradle to grave. And so we're really glad to have Hayden tonight. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank yeah, you so, again. Yeah, doing, we're doing good. So let's get into our question here. Um, question uh, that I want to talk about is, um, 
Generation Z is really a, I wouldn't even say misunderstood generation. It's an unknown generation in a lot of ways. A lot of people um, in the church have kind of seen this generation as, as almost vacant in a lot of ways. And I, I sort of shared with you before, I think there's two reasons for that. I think that in the church in America at large, the church in a lot of ways has sort of abandoned this generation. And in a lot of ways, the, that generation has abandoned the church. Um, and, and I think you guys sort of, we probably think maybe it's a problem of, well, those young, young people don't care about the church, but what it really amounts to is you guys aren't going to drive, you know, up until two years ago, you weren't driving yourself mm-hmm. to church, right? Yeah. And so, um, there's this kind of dynamic where the, the youngest generation is always has to be brought in and, sh- and have, have a life of faith kind of shared with them. Uh, in their youth. So um, even though I I have a question here, what misconceptions about Gen Z? Let's maybe just talk about um, what exactly do you think uh, the average person at King of Kings should know about what Gen Gen Z is? As you as a person in Generation Z, what does that even mean? Well, um, personally, I mean, I think that it's a person born into the newer age with technology and all that. Okay. Um, a lot of the newer things that uh, people have made and uh, are still making now, a bunch of, uh, just a lot of technology. Yeah. And uh, with all these new cars, electric cars, uh, we know more and more about like up and stuff up in space. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot with technology. Yeah. A lot of just revolves around that, okay. in my opinion. So it's almost like a different a different language of technology too. I mean, every every generation grows up with a technology that is their own, right? But it's like, what's is it the difference between, you know, you talk about space. I mean, I would you can make an argument that, you know, my parents' generation had a greater claim to space. They landed on the moon, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like you know, there are a lot of technologies that have come on board. But to me, the thing I see is is you guys. Are a are fluent in the language of technology. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. it inside and out. Um, I kind of jokingly said before we got started tonight that um, you, you've heard this a hundred times, but you guys are are digital natives, right? You've mm-hmm. been. Um, my generation was born. The uh, millennial generation was born, and they didn't know a time without computers, personal computers. You guys have been not without internet your whole life. You've yeah. been a. a a generation that was born and had sort of this, this, this language of technology right from the very beginning. And um, I kind of commented when we were talking about it. So much of of your social environment is actually technology, mm-hmm. not just face to face interactions, but interactions through technology. So mm-hmm. speak to that a little bit. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, technology had a well has had a big impact on kids my age and. Uh, I mean, it goes through relationships, friendships, um, just communicating with others and knowing how they feel um, and just to get to know them, I guess, quickly or more quick over time. And um, yeah, there's some good things and some bad things. I mean, there could, I mean, there's always gossip, so there could be always be this gossip on the internet and there could always just be all just bullying and just a lot of things that uh pretty much just revolve around it and it just 
that's one of the things I think is so interesting about is like gossip and bullying are not new things. Mm-hmm. It's just technology has made them so much more pervasive, yeah. much more prevalent in, in school. Uh, and, and people think, you know, they can get away with bullying and with gossip because you used to be able to do it, you know, just you and a group of friends could talk about somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now it's when you and a group of friends talk about somebody else, you're doing it not just in front of your friend group of 14 other people kids you're doing it in front of thousands of people yeah and the person you're talking about can also find it and Mm -hmm. oh yeah and then that can always come back and bite you yeah so yeah yeah, that's that's uh definitely interesting and and i think that's one of the things that people my age and older don't really understand is what kind of a pressure that puts on you guys Mm -hmm. that everything you've ever written is there for all time forever and anything you've ever said about people or that other people have said about you is there and that's that's tough man that's tough that that gives a lot of uh i mean that when you're my age you'll be able to look back like that's one of the things i find interesting about social media like i started facebook when i was in college in 2006 and i can still go back and read posts and messages that i wrote in 2006 and i'm like you idiot <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about yeah and you guys get to do that not just from back when you're in college, but you get to do that from the time you're 13 and 13 mm-hmm. year old and first got onto social media. Um, so, all right, what what do um, if, if you had to kind of share like some 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 truly positive things about Gen Z's perspective and the way that they operate that maybe people can learn from? What kinds of things would you say about that? Um, hmm. So. Kind of like uh, if they don't have uh, as much maybe things to do mm-hmm. or if they're bored, I mean, they have technology. They can watch videos, play games, mm-hmm. talk to other people. I mean, there's just a big amount of stuff you can do. Um, I think that you can kind of see what you were saying by saying like that there's no end of things that you can yeah th- there's there's tons of opportunities you can do um and then you could always like facetime other people mm-hmm. and um there's just you don't really if you have technology you're you probably won't really, really get bored yeah in my opinion that's but. true when we were talking a little earlier about how about video games and mm-hmm. stuff too mm-hmm. is like one of the differences in my generation and generations that are older, I mean, like if you think about video games, they're nothing new. We, When we talked with Russ Breimeyer about Gen X, it's like they had video games when they were younger and they loved those video games. They had, yeah. you know, the early Pac-Man games, which I see the socks and <laughs> yep. got some Pac-Man socks on. And they had, you know, Pong and they had Super Mario, like some really iconic, good video games. And then my generation, it was all about improving the kind of believability and graphics mm-hmm. of it all. But what I really see the the new sort of trend for you guys is um the social aspect of video yeah. games. Like you don't you don't game in a bubble anymore. You game with with friends. dozens of other yeah. friends, people yeah. that you know. And on the one hand I think once again there's the the tendency towards, you know, that gossip and bullying kind mm-hmm. of thing. But there's also a, a really uh interesting positive to that like you get to spend more time with your friends doing things that you oh, yeah. enjoy doing and having conversations while you're doing other stuff oh yeah and i think that's really a really pretty cool cool thing that will 
will shape and impact the way you guys operate when you join the working world, Mm -hmm. when you become leaders when you're slightly older is this sort of social uh, connectedness will be, will be at the Mm -hmm. center of the way you operate. So, okay. So let's go in. One of the things we talked about with all generations and we started to get into this, I guess a little bit by talking about, you know, your friends and video games and stuff. But one of the things we talked about with all the generations was um, how your childhood has sort of shaped who you become as you go into adulthood. And I think you're an, a very good person to talk to because you're right at the cusp of that mm-hmm. childhood adulthood border. You're 18 years old. Yep. You're getting we're just talking about you're getting ready to start your first job, like your yeah. first real job. You're getting ready to get into some more intense schooling to mm-hmm. prepare you for your future. But yet you're also still in high school, you're still playing sports stuff, you're yeah. doing all this stuff. So, um what what kinds of things from your childhood do you see um, like what, what were some things you liked to do when you were younger that have, you still enjoy today? Let's start there. Maybe, um, being outside, yes, I- running around, I, I, every day over the summer I would go outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't really, uh, play or, uh, play video games or do that's much stuff with internet. Yeah. Um, in my old house, we had a pool, so I would always go outside and swim. And friends in the neighborhood, we would always go out, so it was fun. Um, but yes, yeah, sports uh, is a big part of my life, so I always go out and play sports. Mm-hmm. Always go kick a soccer ball, shoot hoops, play baseball, just hit ball. So um, yeah, uh, I I like to be outside because I've I have ADHD, so I like to run around. So yeah. like to keep me busy, I can't just stay in one place. And still. being outside probably helped not annoying my parents as much. But yeah, okay, yeah. So those are good things. Um, what what was your kind of what are some things that stick out in your mind when you think about your family from when you were a younger kid? Like what kinds of influences? What were some things that they some values and some some things that they passed on to you? Um. They were very big in sports, mm-hmm. so that I had a lot of people teaching me stuff mm-hmm. that I'm very thankful for. I, I'm happy that I had uh, grandparents and parents uh, talk to me about sports mm-hmm. and that I got uh, into it early, and it really helped me now as I get older. And so, because I don't think I was, I would have been as court as coordinated mm-hmm. and as able to do as many sports as I usually do. Yeah, you you kind of versatile in a lot. Yeah, of yeah. I tried a lot. I when I was a kid, I tried a lot, a lot of sports. Um, I did a lot of things, but yeah, they, they, they. I'm just happy. I had a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, we would always uh, have them over for holidays, and now that some people got older, it's more a little distant, but. It's always still nice for them to see them and stuff. Cool. Yeah. So I think another thing maybe we could touch on since we're this is a, a church thing is the faith tradition. You, you mm-hmm. uh, with your mom and, and your sister and, and you're your dedicated. I remember when um, we talked with you, we talked about your uh, your granddad, that sports legacy and that faith mm-hmm. legacy kind of passed down as mm-hmm. something that was definitely. So um, do you think that was a part of it too, that sort of faith tradition? Oh, yeah. And yeah. being involved in things at church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went to preschool here. I mean, my mom. Alumni. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my mom and dad got married here. Uh-huh. So I've been here my pretty much my whole life really my whole life I was baptized here so um 
Yeah, I was. Yeah, it's it, and it's nice to just still be here where you started. Mm-hmm. And um, over the years, of course, you've known so many people and met so many people, and so and I still get to see my preschool teachers now and then. So yeah. it's nice and always hearing them say how much you've grown. Yeah. So. It's always nice. I'll brag on Hayden a little bit. I think it was last year you came in for a day and hung out with the preschool oh, class. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was that was really neat. I thought mm-hmm. that was one of the cool, yeah. coolest things that you got to come in. Did you like do story time? And oh, I uh, just I just hung out. Yeah, hung out with them for the day. We did a bunch of stuff. We did uh, like they sang they sang songs. We went outside and played. Um, did some arts and crafts. They ate lunch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was good. It was yeah. I, I I like kids. I mean I. I can't wait till I get older and yeah. have my own children. So I remember a couple of teachers. I think the kids really liked having you there too. I think they had a lot of fun that day. So, um, so let's go on to the next question here. Um, so you mentioned that you were baptized here. Um, was so I think one of the things we've we've talked with each generation, each progressive generation of of people. I talked with Elaine Sherman about her walk of faith, and she really talked about the kind of transition from she was baptized as a little kid. And she talked about how it was a little bit different from then till now, because now she said, Jesus went from just being my savior to being my Lord, meaning that she she really tried to reorient her life, not to just believing in Jesus. Of course, mm-hmm. she believes in Jesus, but, but actually listening to what he has to say. And we talked with Al Erdman and how he had sort of a story about how he's always been in the faith, but how certain things that that have occurred in his life have really solidified and strengthened his belief in Jesus. And then with Russ, we talked about some of that stuff, and with Emily too, how um, Emily used to be a, uh, a Catholic, and then she became um, Lutheran through her relationship with her husband. And so um, there's, even though some of us have a very straight path where we were baptized, we were confirmed, we came... Mm-hmm. There's always these kind of ebbs and flows along our our path of faith. So, if if you have any, do you do you have any sort of story about how where your faith is and how it came to be that way? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, going to preschool here, I mean, with the church, so it's always preaching about that. And um, then I went to a, a private middle school, mm-hmm. so um, had chapel every single week. Uh, had religion class, so it's never really been not in a part of my life yeah. of like an every every week thing or everyday thing. And now that I go to a private high school, so it's still with me. Lutheran High. If you can't see his sweater, sorry for some of our listeners, he's wearing his Lutheran High sweater today. So yeah. Yep. Um. Get a rep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just came from school, so. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we have to yeah. wear our khakis and, and our school attire. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. So it's sort of been a part of of every day. Now, you did you go um, on the NYG trip the last time? Was that? Yes, I did. Yes, my did freshman you, year. Did you find that to be advantageous? Oh yes. I I wasn't. I know my, my sister uh, went on that previous one, yeah. and I really didn't know what it would be like. Um, and I was going to be a freshman, and then. Um, I mean, I would go to these small little youth gatherings mm-hmm. uh, uh, with some fellow uh, Sunday school people. And so um, I didn't really expect uh, it to be so big as it was. And um, no, I 
am very happy I went. Cool. I that was it. It was it was very cool, and I'm very excited to go back this summer. Yeah. Um, and it b- those big trips like that, um, like over the summer with my youth group, it it really um brings forth and learn new stuff and find new stuff in myself that I didn't know and um grow in the faith and that's that's I really like that uh those trips yeah that's so. awesome I I got to go to two as well I fell on that cat so they have them every three years mm-hmm. and you can do it from ninth to twelfth grade yeah and so if you fall kind of in that special group like Hayden and I do you get to go to two of them and it's kind of fun mm-hmm. um but I'm interested to see how we should have a conversation when you get back because I remember in my the second time I came back, I had a slightly different perspective of like the first time I was going, I was just like, you know, it's kind of deer in the headlights thing. You don't expect it to be like that mm-hmm. big and that intense. The second time you go, you kind of know the shtick of it mm-hmm. and you can kind of say like, okay, I'm I'm really going to try and soak up as much as I can. So I'd be interested to hear mm-hmm. what you come back with from National Youth Gathering. So, all right. Um, so, Let's go on to question number five. Um, thoughts about the generations around you. you know, Gen, Gen Z is is uniquely positioned. You guys are at the kind of crux of childhood and adulthood. And so in a lot of ways, the culture is shaped by you. I, I'm thinking about, you know, we had the Super Bowl this past week and mm-hmm. like the, the, the music and the commercials and, yeah. and the kind of superstar icons and stuff that are that a lot of their appeal is to people in your generation Mm -hmm. and so um so help me understand sort of uh the way i'm putting is share some thoughts with me about the way that like the millennial generation operates or or your parents generation gen x operates or some of the older people what kinds of like influences do you see um they definitely tell you not to be on the internet so much because they think it just rottens your brain. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, but I, from experience, I have listened to like my old, my grandparents, my parents mm-hmm. um, saying that there's more than life than uh, st- stuck behind a screen, which um, as I later found out uh, in life that there is, and it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's the outside is great. To, uh, just talking to someone is great. There's your emotion. Your emotions can never uh, be expressed if you're just talking to yourself or you're just sitting there, just not talking to other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went on this past uh, trip to uh, Denver the mm-hmm. summer, and going there and looking at all the mountains and stuff, and being on time hiking and doing all that type of stuff. It and I, and we didn't have our phones for a week straight, and I loved it. I, well, at the beginning, I was like, oh, uh, I don't know about this. And then by the end of the week, I was loving it, and I didn't want to leave. Yeah. I know a couple of uh, pastor friends that I have who have done like a week-long digital fast where mm-hmm. they say no social media, no phone, and no internet for an entire week. And I'm mm-hmm. like... First of all, how do you do your job as a pastor if you can't do that stuff? You know, you got to mm-hmm. be able to do a little bit of that. But they said no. They, they let everyone in their life know they were turning everything off for a week. And they they swear by it. So I might have to do that soon. I don't know. I'll see. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff we do with school, like on our iPads and mm-hmm. stuff. And so, um, and like sending emails, homework, you know, I got to check in grades. So, um, but yeah. Okay. 
I think that's important to remember too is like Generation Z sometimes gets thrown into a box and say, you guys are the technology generation mm-hmm. things about computers for you. And there's more of that in your generation than before, but you're still human beings. You mm-hmm. still, like, you never date someone just on your phone, right? Mm-hmm. You never, uh, you know, you never have friends, on, you know, that you, that are real friends that you never actually yeah. meet, right? Yeah. And you never... Uh, you very few people can do like a job where they never have to like see a, a person, but can just mm-hmm. sit behind a pu- computer screen, and that's still true for your generation. So I don't. I think that's perhaps when we talked about misconceptions of of your generation. It's like you're you're real people too. A lot of people mm-hmm. in your generation it's, like outdoors. A lot mm-hmm. of people like sports. A lot of people like having face to face conversations with mm-hmm. other people. It's so. it's just different from how other people grew up, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Good. All right. Um, so how about in the church? What What do you think about, I mean, you're one of probably, I'm trying to remember if I, I did the math the other day. I think you're one of 35 people that are, that re- attend on a regular basis here at King of Kings who are under the age of, well, 20, mm-hmm. let's say. Um, you're, I think it's 35 to 40. There's that, about that many people. And that includes little kids too, Mm -hmm. uh, which we have a a pretty good amount of. So, um, you, you're one of about 35, let's use that number in a congregation of 800 that are under that age. So, um, tell me what, what does it make you think about when you look, think about the church around you and the majority of people are much older than you? Um, that it's definitely has seen stuff mm-hmm. and uh has a lot of wiseness or people a lot of people that are wise mm-hmm. um and uh maybe if you just sit down and talk with them and then you just listen to them they'll give you a lot of stuff and just take in and think about um and i feel like i mean if uh we have a nice start growing base up and starting for the next generation mm-hmm. of people to come here um i think it's good to have those that you guys are setting the stones yeah. for for us and uh, just gonna hand the torch off to us someday and just doing it the right way. Yeah, I kind of I kind of think of it like, and and if you have something to say on this, I I appreciate your feedback. But I kind of think of it as is is someone who's fifty any more of a member like a member of the body of Christ than someone who's eighteen? And the answer is is obviously no. And the scripture would confirm that for us. But it seems like a lot of times in the way that we operate, we would say yes, because that 50-year-old can, you know, bring their wife and their kids to church, and they can, you know, give, you know, $30,000 a year in offerings, and they can be on the the board of elders or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, but but in reality, it's just, it's not true that they, that, that the church should be more of one than the other. What I think needs to happen is we need to figure out the way in the church that people who are younger can contribute with the skills and abilities God mm-hmm. has given them. Maybe you don't have the wisdom of an old person. Of course not. You haven't been around for 60 mm-hmm. years, right? Nobody is, mm-hmm. quote unquote. That's why they say you're wise for your years, right? Mm-hmm. Not you're wise in general. You're wise for your years. Yeah. Because that's how wisdom comes is through time. Um, but what you do have is a little bit 
f- more flexible schedule, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you have the energy to contribute, and you have you know uh, the ability to like act, you know lift things, yeah. move things, do yeah. things. You have a voice. You're young, and so you're to contribute. Yeah. Um, you're young. There's there's a lot of ways that that young people can contribute that they're not currently encouraged to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've worked with like VBS in the past and done oh, yeah. a great job with that. I think there's opportunities beyond just raw service, but where you can speak and share with the church at large uh, a voice for your generation and mm-hmm. say like you know we we value these things; these are important to us. And uh, I think it's I think it's important for the older generations to invite that conversation because you guys aren't going to, you guys aren't going to butt into a group of 60 year old people and say, let me tell you what I think mm-hmm. old people. Yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. They, they're, yeah, you're the younger one. So they're not going to yeah listen to your opinion. They may listen, but they're not going to invite Take that. It, yeah. So yeah. I think that's where is, is uh, I, I'm including myself in this old people in the church. We have to talk to young people and encourage mm-hmm. their feedback and get them to share what they're really thinking mm-hmm. because you guys have genuine thoughts. You have um, interesting new approaches. You have uh, things which can bring energy and liveliness into a church that's increasingly s- stale and sort of stagnant and used to its way of doing things. Without You can you can bring all those things without corrupting what's r- real about the church. Mm-hmm. You guys know what's real about the church. You've been, you know, you've been taught in school, mm-hmm. in, in Lutheran schools. You've been taught in preschool here at King of Kings through confirmation class, Sunday school, mm-hmm. youth group. And it's really just figuring out where that kind of, that kind of uh, center belief in Christ mm-hmm. matches and meets up with the unique voice of the younger. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's, I feel like, with the younger kids, uh, they they do want to say something, but once again, they're a little younger, so they don't really know yet or have the uh, I'm trying to say confidence. Yeah, the confidence mm-hmm. to say on their own opinion mm-hmm. about the church, and um, they're I feel like they're just afraid of telling me, "Oh, we're gonna do it this way," or "We're gonna do it this way." We don't really want to take it your way, mm-hmm. so um, but. That could always change, and we that getting people a lot younger people's ideas and this stuff is a good idea. Cool, yeah, I like it. All right, um, how would you encourage other people in your generation to get involved in church? Coming to Sunday school, mm-hmm. going to youth group. Yeah, um, youth group is a big part. Um, it could if it, it's flexible with the schedule. With my schedule, I mean. I have school all week. I mean, I go to school. Oh, I work out in the morning, go to school, uh, have bas- have practice after school, then either have a game after school, then then go home, and it's around like 8 o'clock, and you still have a buttload of homework, mm-hmm. and then do the same thing over and over again f- throughout the week, and then coming uh, to the weekend and uh, having youth group, having events. It's mm-hmm. nice to be able to relax and um, talk to others about your faith and having fun with each other, um, making memories that... Uh, We'll be with you forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, youth group, that's a big part for me, um, coming to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One, one thing I think you're, you're 
generation does extremely well, and I've noticed that all of our youth kids do this well, is like if there's a service or mission opportunity, you guys are right at the front. Mm-hmm. You lead the church in those regards. Like when people need leaves raked, yeah. like I don't see uh, a ton of people you know, in my age group jumping at the mm-hmm. opportunity. That I see people in your age group doing that. When it's like we go to Denver to do that, camp thing it's like yeah that was a youth-led event but so many of our mission opportunities like when we went to acuna mexico right or when we go to these different places it's like the youth are the ones that mm-hmm. and it it like, that. like like uh just like small little things on if uh there's a person in their church needs help with like mm-hmm. you said like raking leads that can also make memories for a person yeah. like i like it like little stuff like that if it's not even a lie it still makes memories and mm-hmm. grows uh your faith and uh, grows relationships with others and uh, seeing how other people think and um, how their how their daily life is. Yeah, getting getting those kind of perspectives and, and opinions that are a little bit different than mm-hmm. yours, right? By oh, yeah. stepping into another person's life for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. All right, and then um, I'm I'm giving you the soapbox here to talk to the older generation. Okay, and and it's a judgment-free zone. I I legitimately want to know what you have to say to this. Is what are some words of encouragement that you would have for the younger generation, and and especially in terms of how they interact with 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 young people like yourself? You mean like how older people interact with like people yeah. my age? Um, we're growing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're learning. We're a human. We make mistakes. We sin. Um. Uh, we want to do what's best, mm-hmm. and if that doesn't happen, we're gonna. Personally, I if I don't if I can't find something that I do it wrong, I want to do it again, do it right. right. Um, but yeah, we're learning. Um, so be patient. Yes, That's yes, one. be okay. patient. Um, everything is like our day and age. There's new things that we find every day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Like with some of my teachers, we're get like when COVID happened, all we had to go on a Zoom and all that, and so people had to get uh, all their computers set up, and it was really hard. And so, um, and we're all just like, oh, okay, we've done this before. Oh, we're we're we know what to do. But um, yeah, it's it's it was really different between that big transition. Um, but we're also learning with you about new stuff too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, and you're and you're doing it as uh, you're doing it in school too. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally throwing your rhythm off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But just be patient. That's that's okay. that's big. That's great. And I, and I think that's I would resonate that same that same tone from uh, being the quote unquote young pastor here at King of Kings is uh, people who are uh, younger Christians. Um, have not grown up in a world where Christianity is is, uh, institutionalized and part of society quite to the same degree as it was when when older people were. So we have not come across as many um, opportunities to um, kind of grow in our faith as older people had when they grew up in their faith. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times... Our, our sort of thoughts on the way that things should happen don't mesh with some of the ways that older folks think should happen. So um, I think patience on both sides of the aisle, right, is uh, we, we need to have, as younger people, patience for the way that, that older folks do, do, do things and feel comfortable doing things, while at the same time they need to have 
patience and mm-hmm. and uh, we we both need to have open ears and open hearts and acknowledge that that uh Christ church is not uh only for one generation mm-hmm. it's for all generations and so figuring out ways that that we can make that that work better is very good. And then the final question, you're young so it seems strange to say but what are your hopes for the future generations in the church? Um a big question it is um personally i mean in my faith right now i mean i'm at a part i'm at a point where i want to take all everything in and um i just want to keep learning and uh keep growing in my faith Mm -hmm. um and i i know i might it's not gonna just happen right away Mm -hmm. it's it, it could happen 10 years from now, 20 years, but I'm just, um, thankful that I've been in this position, that I've been through the church so much. I have people around me that, uh, has put, or has, uh, brought me to church, Mm -hmm. taught me stuff about the church and the Bible. And, um, yeah, the, the the future of the church, I, I think that, uh, I really want to, or we are going to really going to grow. And, um, get others to know about God's word mm-hmm. and uh, start something good. Awesome. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You nailed it. And um, simply want to see the next generation know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's where you're heading. And I couldn't agree more. Is like we've all been given the opportunity to know about Jesus because someone older than us told us about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so why should that stop? Mm-hmm. We want yeah. that to continue. We want that to grow. We want the next generation to know 3% more than your generation. Mm-hmm. Do. And then we want the f- subsequent generations to know more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And we're always learning more, like, stuff behind the Bible and stuff that happened back then. Yeah. And so there could be more stuff. So yep. More, yeah, more archaeological digs mm-hmm. are popping up all the time. Um, Bible scholars are... Um, you know, finding ways to relate, uh, you know, th- things from the passages of the Bible that mm-hmm. like geography and stuff that's oh, yeah. actually there. So mm-hmm. that's true. Well, that's a, maybe a good place for us to wrap up tonight. Thank you, Hayden, for... Of course. For Thank you again for having me. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll close in a quick prayer and then we will uh, wrap it up. All so. right. Let's go before our Lord in prayer. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time that we've had in discussion about this generation that that you dearly love. Uh, We pray, oh God, that as these young people are growing into uh, bigger decisions and as they're growing into um, more adult roles with more responsibility, that you would guide and keep them uh, in your your ways that they might walk according to your purposes. Uh, But we also pray, oh Lord, that the church would be uniquely equipped to uh, share the the good news, the gospel of Jesus, with this with this generation. Um, we know, oh Lord, that uh, you're a God for for all, and so we pray simply that your Holy Spirit would move in the midst of King of Kings and in the church at large, so that uh, we might uh, reengage this this seemingly lost generation. That we might uh, e- equip God's people and, and uh, share the truth, share the the love of Jesus with them. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, have a great day in the Lord, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Coffee and Clergy Podcast. We're glad you could join the conversation. 
Coffee and Clergy is a ministry of King of Kings Lutheran Church in Chesterfield, Missouri. You can watch it live on YouTube or Facebook Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m. Central, and we post the podcast on Thursdays. For more information, check out our website at www.kokstl.org. Blessings on your day, and we'll see you next time.